Welcome, Sophia. You're our first guest on the Hey Dr. Jim podcast. Excellent. Thank you. We're delighted to have you having met you at the United in Compassion conference a week or two ago. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the Legalized Cannabis WA party. Legalized Cannabis WA was voted into the upper house with two candidates in March 21. We were the first to legalize cannabis people to be voted in Australia. We now have two in Victoria and one in New South Wales as well. So people are sending quite a clear message, I feel, at the polling stations that they'd like to see cannabis legalized. But it's very conservative overall, by the way, less more so than I'd go Victoria or New South Wales. So we are unlikely to see cannabis legalized this term, but we are working on it nonetheless. Do you have a political background, Sophia? Oh, no, totally not. I, I've always disliked politics. So <laughs> this is quite a, a, um, a sideways career step. So my background is originally as an RN in the Netherlands. So I worked in a, a big university hospital in Amsterdam, 900 beds. And this is over 30 years ago already. And where I saw the medicinal benefits of cannabis in chemo patients. So we had the right sort of patient in front of us going through chemo. They would be recommended to get one of their mates to go and get something from a coffee shop. And they'd come back the ward and their nausea would be gone. Their mood would be improved. Their pain would be better. They'd have the munchies. And we had no pharmaceutical medication that could offer the same benefits. And I think it's heartbreaking that this is over 30 years ago and we've had millions and millions of people go through chemo treatment since being denied a very effective medicine to help with the side effects of chemo. I can very much relate there. My mother, unfortunately, had pancreatic cancer and we used cannabis alongside her conventional therapies to help improve her health journey. And she kept on complaining that she was the only person on the chemotherapy ward who was putting on weight and, uh, right. and just kept on having to get the food trolley to come back for second sandwiches. And yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, oh, it was beautiful that you could effective. offer that to her. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Cancer is a tough journey. Many people will feel unwell with it by the time they get diagnosed. And then chemo is harsh. My, my dad went through chemotherapy as well. Is there yep. something that ignited the passion for it in your personal life, like a gym experience with his own mother? My mum was one of the earlier medicinal cannabis patients in WA, and she was diagnosed with Parkinsonia, which is similar to Parkinson's, but not quite the same. Uh, and it helped her. Now, at the time, it was $550 for a consultation, and I think it was about $600 a month for her to be on it. That was very expensive. My mum was lucky that she had the funds to, to do, but yeah, it helped her and people should have the right to use the medicine that they want to use, that they feel is giving them the best benefits and it should be affordable. And tell us a little bit about the party. Would you say that you are philosophically aligned with the approach of the Greens? Yeah, similar. We believe that people should be allowed to grow six plants. They have two, I think, on in their policy. Maybe they've changed that. Anyway, we got to six plants. 
the reason being is... There's six as well, just having six as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. It's statistics. If you can grow six plants, the chances are that you will actually get a viable female plant in there. If you got this up, part of it would have to be a legalized way to, to acquire to seeds, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Both policies inhibit people selling cannabis. So we would allow people to gift some to their friends over 18s, mm -hmm. ideally small amounts and no selling whatsoever. And that would be a first step to full legalization. We're dealing with quite a conservative crowd in WA. We've decided on a step-by-step -step approach because of that. I think the Greens are going a bit harder, which is great, and they're on a federal level. So if they, if they can get that through, that would be awesome. The vibe is, and this is not a criticism of the Greens at all, just we believe that it's not going to get through the first time around. But what it will do is ignite conversations in politics and all around the country and make those conversations a lot more normal. So when we first got voted in and we were at an official function and people go, oh, you're an MP, that's great. What party do you represent? And you say legalized cannabis, people snigger. Yeah. And within six months of that happening, it already started to go towards oh, yeah, I know someone who uses it or my mum uses it and it's really beneficial. So the conversations are already changing and much more favourable towards cannabis as a medicine. So the stigma has been reduced a lot more. So every time any of us politicians, regardless of how we, what party we belong to, talk about the legalisation, it normalises it just that little bit more and brings us a step closer. I live in Victoria, Jim's in Queensland, and okay. I, I've noticed definitely a softening of the Labor Party here. And it, there appears to be a strong move towards changing driving laws, which yep. I think is a positive step. Where do you guys stand yep. on the driving laws? Okay, so it's illegal in WA still if you get caught with a THC reading with a, a roadside swab chances are you will end up in court. But look, one of the things I heard in United in Compassion, which was incredibly articulate, is that if you are on medicinal, medicinal cannabis and you are stopped at a random roadside drug test and you test positive, and these, uh, the swabs that they use are measured down to five micrograms, so they're really sensitive and are not a that level is not necessarily associated with impairment at all. But say you get pulled over, you get tested, you test positive, you are actually not caught with an illicit substance in your bloodstream. You are caught with a medicinally prescribed substance in your bloodstream, which is not illicit. And it is quite discriminatory because when you look at people on other drugs like opioids, sedatives, even some of your antihistamines like phenergan, which cross, you know, cross the blood brain barrier, they affect your cognition to some degree. They can make you drowsy. They can re reduce your reaction speed. That means that if we are really concerned about occupational health and safety in that, we should start testing people for all of those other drugs as well. Or we could simply trust their healthcare practitioner to have prescribed it in a safe way 
so that those people can function normally in society and not be impaired. Cannabis is the only legally prescribed medication that is potentially impairing that has the these fines and everything associated with their detection as well. Obviously, no one should be driving impaired or intoxicated from any substance, but cannabis yeah. can be used appropriately. Sophia, what interaction does the party have with the cannabis industry? There are lots of cognitive biases and then everyone has their own interests at heart. Um, yeah. I think there is a benefit to more collaboration and more discussion on a few points. There are some ways that the industry could potentially help refine some of the positions you've got. The six plants. Some people might say six plants, you can grow a, a lot of product. And what someone like Jim might say, there's a benefit of having a CBD prominent strain or a THC prominent strain or a balanced strain. Right. So some Using of these types of... Form. Yeah, that's right. Using it as its raw form. Some of these types of things, like how do you use it? How do you process it? We had a lot of discussions around the number of plants and we figured out that it didn't matter which number, what number we would say, we would have criticism of that. So we went for a, went for the six because of the statistical data around, around being able to get a good plant. And then we start looking at the separation between recreational and medicinal use. So there are people who are growing cannabis plants simply to make their own medicine. Now, as a doctor, I realize you may have concerns around that, and that's fair enough. Having said that, that's been happening for a long time, where people are juicing the plants to have it raw for, for whatever they're treating. We've also got people making extracts for treating ep epilepsy, for instance. It's the six plants is there to allow those people to continue to do that, to make sure that they have enough and that they, if they are too poor to buy their own, they've got an avenue to access it. Whoops. Yeah. What I've been seeing with the different plants that are out there is that they, we're getting highly specialized strains. And it, it's, what I didn't say earlier is that I have a background as a naturopath and Chinese medicine practitioner as well. And from a herbalist's perspective, I like to see a full spectrum plants, right? I believe that if you have a full spectrum plant, you're going to get the most healing and balancing effects from that. Now, when you look at herbal medicine and the pharmaceutical industry, uh, curcumin is a really good example from that for that. Around that is that when you look at turmeric as the herb, you get your curcuminoids in there, but you also get antioxidants and other micronutrients as well. But now we have highly specialized curcuminoid supplements. And it's great because you're addressing the inflammation. It's very targeted. But you have lost all of the other nutrients that make turmeric a really good herb. It will be a shame to see that had take over the cannabis industry and we move towards highly specialized plants, which are specifically grown for their high THC, which is what you're seeing a lot of now, versus having the whole plant, which has all of the actives still in it. We concur 100%, just so you know. We're all about whole of plant. True to plant. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah including things like the roots and other aspects of the plant as well there's a lot there's a lot to be yeah. found within those other parts of the plant too yeah so is there, in chinese medicine it's interesting that you mentioned roots in western herbalism as well you can see that the the roots tend to be more for the lower part of the body more detoxifying mm -hmm. whereas the flower tends to be used more for mental health issues and for the brain and things like that so it's a really interesting understanding of the plant like that and which is it you know now we've done herbalism for many years already yeah so going back to then growing your own plants at home it isn't the hot i think it would be logical to see that the plants grown at home are going to be less specialized strains what about the income that can be generated? Is that as big a focus for you? That is part of the focus, definitely. Uh, and the reason for going down that route is not because we are money-oriented, but because we found that the language that, the, that our governments speak is money-oriented. Okay? We have spoken in, in the chamber about all the medicinal benefits Lots of research has been presented. We've been able to show that treating drug addiction as a health issue versus a police issue like they're doing in Portugal has really good outcomes for people. But we didn't get a lot of traction with that. The compassionate side and the logical side don't seem to have as much impact as being able to explain that we could actually save X amount of dollars by stopping the policing of it money from the ports, we could tax it, that seems to have a greater impact. As it, it's a shame, but that's how society seems to work. Are you proposing that cannabis would be legal to purchase in dispensaries like it is in places like Holland? Yes. This is still in developmental stages, but what I would like to see, and this is also because of my background as a naturopath, is that we have a combination of cannabis clubs and herbal dispensaries. The herbal dispensaries would then also be allowed to sell to people with, without a script. Okay, but I'd like to see naturopaths in there because we are very good at figuring out when people aren't telling us the truth about their health issues. The amount of times I've asked people, do you drink enough water? And they go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you find it two glasses a day or something like that. People come in there, they'd have to show their license to make sure that they are 18 plus. And the reason for going with the age 18 is because alcohol sits at that age group. Where you look at the full, the brain isn't fully developed until age 25, but I simply don't think that would work. All right, so once people are 18, mm -hmm. they've got a car, they drive around, they would be able to get it anyway. So I think 18 is a good age. We would also be able to make sure that the products that are in the, in the dispensary are clearly labeled, that we know CBD, THC, terpene profiles, all of those things. How would the medical market fit into that? Do you still see a place for doctors prescribing cannabis to patients? Oh, and, abs absolutely. And do, you, and, and do you think that there is a mechanism where if you go through a medical route and you have a known medical condition, that might alleviate the need to pay the tax? Is that a consideration? Possibly. I'm hoping that we are going to get cannabis medicine on the PBS. 
so that we are, when we are looking at people who need it for very specific conditions, epilepsy, Parkinsonia, that they will be able to access it. There might be the option if you go through a doctor and it's through the PBS, then there is a lower level of tax that's paid, which may promote seeing a doctor for some people who are particularly cannabis naive, perhaps. And I think there has to be medical incentives for, for, for patients and companies as well, because one of, the, one of the biggest issues that I see in these states in, in North America where cannabis has been legalized is that the money goes into advertising and marketing and producing high THC products that are there for, a, for their main purpose of intoxication. And a lot of the medical applications of cannabis can fall to the wayside and the money, instead of going into research and validating something as a therapy agent, goes into making claims and then marketing to people without any validation. So yeah. I think it, for legalization to be done in a way that benefits people, because it sounds like your focus is on making sure people have access to the medicinal qualities of cannabis, there needs to be an incentive scheme for companies to continue to spend lots of money to produce high quality research so that their products can be preferentially put forward in, in front of others. So I really think that needs to be heavily considered. One of the issues that they found in Can Canada was the corporatization of cannabis, which is what you're talking about there, I think. Um, I don't want to see any advertising. I want it to be very discreet with cannabis clubs and, and herbal dispensaries as such. It, I, having lived in Amsterdam, I think it's a shame how the landscape or the cityscape's been taken over by advertising there. There are cannabis leaves everywhere. I've seen the same in Thailand. I haven't been there, but people have sent me photos. I don't think that, I don't want that to happen to Australia. I want it to remain discreet. In the Netherlands, you now get signs coming up in public spaces where you're not allowed to, it says blow for bots. So you're not allowed to smoke cannabis in those areas. I don't want us to get to that stage in our society. I want it to be more, more moderate, more, look, I, I don't want to walk down the street and smell cannabis everywhere hmm. either. Just, I don't want to walk down the street and see drunk people everywhere. I don't want to be confronted by that. So it, it needs to be introduced with guidelines, regulations, and some the restrictions around advertising, especially. And when you talk about the US, you can see advertising for all drugs on TV there. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I'm married to an American and spent a lot of time going there for the last 20 years and have watched yeah. it go from a medical market to a main street market. And in those cities where it's mainstream, again, I came back last time and the, I hadn't been there for three years because of COVID. And I said, to Jim and other people, I'm not so sure that's what I want for Australia. I, want to see, I don't want to see the advertising. I don't want to, every corner that I'm on, I can smell weed. And it's just, it just totally infiltrates society and it's, it's gone too far. And then yeah. how do you wind it back once it's exactly. gone to that level? Once the genie's out of the bottle, it's really hard to put it back in. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I'm hearing from you, Sophia, and correct me if I'm wrong, and which is nice to hear, not something that necessarily comes through when you don't have the opportunity to talk to someone who's doing the groundbreaking work like yourself, is that a lot of these policies, they're not set in stone 
you're, you're putting these forward as a way to start the conversation and you're acknowledging that all of these things are nuanced where you land on them finally, but you have to position them to be able to open the door to have discussions and you're fully appreciative of the fact that over time your views will maybe change a little bit here or there on what the best actual deployment is when you, when it comes to that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, it'd be really nice to think that we can come out and think up with the perfect pathway to legalization and the perfect policies to implement it all. I think that is naive to think that way. We need to find what works in WA we, or in Australia, we need to make sure that the outcomes are, you know, somewhere in the middle of the road. And this is a Dutch saying, we talk about the golden middle road in the Netherlands where, mm. you know, you're not too far one way or too far the other, but you find a way in the middle that suits most people. And we need to take into account the, the wishes of more conservative people as well as the wishes of people who are less conservative and who want more freedom around their choice to, to, to use cannabis medicinally or recreationally or to grow their own as well. But I, yeah, I don't want to take over our society either. You've been very generous with your time, so thank you. If you play the tape forward, do you see cannabis being legalized in a particular state first? Not that you have to say which one you think it will be, but do you think it will land in a state and then the other states will follow and then it will yes. gain federal traction? Yes, I do. And I do believe that Victoria is probably the state to go first. Though Queensland's going in the right, right direction as well at the moment. But yes, the, that's what we've always thought is that if one state legalizes it, then the others will follow. Jim, any final questions or comments? Do you feel that decriminalization will be a first step before full legalization? Is that where you think we'll be going? And yeah. all the states can come into a line with the ACT? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It'd be lovely if we could go straight towards legalization. But we've come to realize that with the resistance and pushback that we've experienced, that is simply unlikely to happen. So it's more realistic to, to do a step-by-step -step approach. So. Great. And any final comments you would like to make, Sophia, to most of our listeners who are doctors and clinicians. So is there anything you'd like to say as a parting word? We'd love to have you back on at some point if there's anything else you want to talk about. As politicians, we do love to talk and I think I've done quite a bit of it. So thank you for the opportunity. No, you seem very sensible and it's, it's great to chat to you and it's great to hear from you the approach that you're taking. And, and it certainly makes a lot more sense than just reading words on a web page. Yeah. Thanks, Sophia. Thank really you very much for your time. time.